You're listening to the Hot Oral Podcast Network on HotOral.com. With an AU. Welcome back to another episode of People We Know, the podcast where real people get excited about unreal people. Um, again, uh, we every week we uh, have a different guest talking about a fictional character of their choosing from any medium, and we get into it. Um, this week, though, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, I had uh, I had my friends uh, Travis Clark from the Tiny Odd Conversations podcast, my friend Sean Green from the Sports Gambling podcast, and my friend and roommate Joe Dosh. Uh, come by to talk about Tony Soprano. Uh, as you, I'm sure know, James Gandolfini, the great actor who portrayed Tony Soprano, really brought that character life, passed away recently. And so we thought we would do something a little different and a little special this time and just have kind of a roundtable discussion about Tony Soprano and what he means to us. Uh, really great, uh, really great conversation. I had a lot of fun talking with those guys. We kind of say some things that are a little insensitive here and there. We make some jokes. Uh, I want you to know that we do not mean any harm with these things when we joke about someone who has passed away. It is a tragedy. I saw Gandolfini in uh, the God of Carnage play, and uh, that was a real special time. He was really great in that. And uh, I don't, uh, you know, definitely thoughts and prayers with his family and friends. Um, also, though, um, since uh, this is kind of fitting, uh, we recorded the podcast today. Um, by the time this comes out, uh, this will be kind of old news. I, I'm sure it'll be announced by then. But a friend of mine uh, and, a- and great actor, David Fox Brenton, also passed away very recently. And um, I just got work today. And that's a real hard blow for me. Um, instead of what I normally do on the podcast is up front here, I'll talk about a character that I've just recently got excited about. And instead, this time, I'd like to uh, kind of pay tribute to uh, David Fox Brenton. I worked with him um, for Ray Bradbury's Pandemonium Theater Company, and he was in a couple plays um, uh, where he played the same character in Dandelion Wine and in a short one-act called uh, Device Out of Time, which appeared in the Yes Tomorrow's play collection of one-acts. Um, he was an amazing actor. He did a lot of work in the uh, uh, 70s and 80s on uh, various television shows and a, a TV movie called Terror at London Bridge, written by the great William F. Nolan, who also co-wrote Logan's Run and a bunch of other things, and um, is also a really nice fellow. I've met him a few times. Uh, David Fox Brenton played a character named Colonel Freely, who is um, he's an old man. If you're familiar with Dandelion Wine, he's the old man that the, the boys visit. They, call him, they refer to him as a time machine because um, they kind of remind him of, of a thing, and then he explodes into this story and it's usually a monologue he played um when he played colonel freely there was a character uh, in the in the multiple characters he played uh named chingling su maybe a little culturally insensitive um uh this character was a, a an asian magician i believe they used the word oriental <laughs> ray ray bradbury used the word oriental originally um but yeah he was an asian magician and he had this line it was about um Seeing he, Colonel Freely retells seeing this uh, Chingling Su perform a magic trick um, called the Bullet Trick in Boston in 1910 at a theater where he has a uh, someone shoot uh, he examines a bullet and it's a magic trick where he gets shot in the face um, but there's uh, he survives it anyway the trick goes wrong Chingling Su gets shot in the face. And, and as he's retelling this story, Colonel Freely has this line, something went wrong. He says, he says not magic, but death. And, um, and that's uh, a line that uh, me and my friend Robert Kerr, who worked together at the uh, Pandemonium Theater Company, we, uh, that's a line that we've been, uh, that was one of our favorite lines ever. And the way that David would deliver it was just amazing. And uh, it was so, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like I'm yammering a little bit here. But uh, it's, it's a line that really stuck with us, and a lot of people have passed away um, from that company recently. A lot of people we've known through that company. Um, the director, Alan Neal Hubs, passed away a few years ago. Uh, Ray himself uh, tragically passed away last year, and um, it's kind of been our saying now when, when uh, someone passes away to say, not magic, but death. And that's kind of um, 
I feel like maybe it's a little morbid, maybe it's a little cynical, but it reflects how we feel about the situation, and it's kind of just a, a thing that we say to each other. And now the man who has been um, responsible for kind of giving that line a voice in our heads has gone too, and that's uh, to me it's very sad. Um, but he he was battling um, he was battling his uh, sickness for a while, and I'm glad. Uh, that, I mean, I, I'm not glad, but I, you know, I, I like to believe that it's a relief to him at least, and that he's uh, it's some kind of peace. And this is getting very dark. Um, let's uh, let's let's lighten it up a little bit. Uh, rest in peace, please, uh, David Fox Brenton. You were uh, you were a hell of a guy, a great actor, and you really made the character of Colonel Freely come alive to me. Um, I had never really, when I read Dandelion Wine. Uh, when I was much younger, and then when I reread it later, uh, that character, I had a different idea of that character, and then my my idea of that character now, the image that I will always have, and the voice that I will always accompany that character with, is now uh, courtesy of David Fox Brenton. So um, let's move on. Let's get back to the uh, let's get let's get into it, the conversation that we have here with Travis Clark, uh, Sean Green, Joe Dosh, myself, and. Um, John, say hi. John, we, John didn't get to have a lot of uh, influence. Didn't get to. I didn't introduce him this time in the conversation. But John Veron is uh, a producer, engineer, extraordinaire at the Hot Oral Podcast Network, and he is uh, very much responsible for people we know having a home and uh, all of its resources. So let's get into this. Yeah, John, I love you, buddy. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's get into the conversation about Tony Soprano. Welcome back to uh, People We Know. you got to remember the name of your own show. I can't. I forgot. It's really important. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you. It's one it. of the more important parts. Oh, God. I'm getting... This is only the third episode. I'm getting the hang of it, guys. Uh, this is the, the People We Know, the podcast fascinated with pe- real people's fascination with unreal people. Uh, i got to come up with something better. Anyway, guys, today we're going to do something a little different. We have our, our first uh, roundtable episode of People We Know, and it's... Uh, I don't want to say it's a very special in memoriam episode, but uh, uh, it is. We're going to be talking about Tony Soprano, the legendary character uh, played by, you know, the guy. What's his name? James Gandolfini. He just died. He gets his. He name. just died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Played by that dead fat fuck. Anyway, <laughs> my favorite part so far is you already don't know the name of your show or the actor we're talking about. So about Guys, it's been a long week. Uh, so this week, instead of doing, instead of having a, the regular format where we have a guest and a, who picks a character and then a co-host, I instead decided to pick a character, and I've got uh, three guests. We have Travis Clark from the Tiny Odd Conversations podcast. He's also a stand-up comic. Sean Green, stand-up comic and host of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Hey, how's it going? I like how Travis uh, saluted the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this isn't... Oh, we're not video casting, too? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Main rank and podcast, soldier! And then, uh, and then uh, next in line is uh, stand-up comic and my roommate, Joe Dosh. Hi. I don't have a podcast. He does not have yeah, a podcast. Have one. Yeah, give uh, it time. Yeah. Yeah. Give it time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll have one. You'll um, be playing the same game I'm as the rest sure. of us. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Dosh podcast will drop any week now. <laughs> yeah. sure. I hope you call it the Dosh cast. I'm going <laughs> to Dosh cast. Uh, Larkin's been introducing me as Oshkosh Bagash. <laughs> so I'm kind of like in the Bagash Dosh podcast. Do you call it uh, Oh My Dosh? A dosh, dosh, oh my dosh, dosh bag, <laughs> dosh bag, dosh bag. My fans are dosh bags. Yeah. I just, I'm taking that now. Oh god, that's like, solid. Uh, mm-hmm. Or dosh nozzles. Yeah, you dosh can go either way. You know, like Ron Swallow has uh, the swallowers. swallowers. <laughs> I like that. Uh, or you know, never mind. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> let's get into this. Uh, we do this. Uh, well, I'll follow some of the same format here. How about that? You guys into that? We'll do what do what you know. Uh, so. Tony Soprano, mm-hmm. 
He's a singer? Is that... Yeah, that's uh, what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was more a fan of Tony Alto. He was the, come on, guys. <laughs> I'm a Tony Baritone man. Oh, yeah, that's oh, fine, God. yeah. The man just died and we're disgracing his fucking legacy. <laughs> Actually, Tony Soprano died a he while ago. Fucking, well, yeah. no, he didn't die because David Chase... Was too soft to make a decision. He just like, oh hey, you don't know what happens to Tony Soprano. I I'm still angry about how You're these still series. Mad about that? Yeah, no. Every time it's brought up, I felt like David Chase. It was a cop out. I know. I get it. It's like, oh hey. You're supposed to be believing and oh, tied into Catholicism. No, he was afraid to make a choice, so he had it fade to black. I think it was a very deliberate cop out by David Chase. I'm still fired up about it, but I love the show. Clearly, I don't know. Strong opinions here. It took me a long time to say that I I like the ending. I I really do. It took. I mean, it took watching the series probably 25 times. To really like, you have watched the entire series oh, yeah. twenty five times, absolutely. But I should point out too that most of the episodes of Sopranos that I've seen is because of you. Yeah, is because I will come down because apparently they're always on. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. always watching. Yeah. I'll come downstairs after a night of drinking or. Or, uh, or you that's know, all you do. Just that's <laughs> all. I do. It's funny. I have shared both Sean and Joe's no. opinion of the. Fi- I mean, yeah. well, first of all, I guess spoiler alert. Uh, the series is over. Yeah. I don't know if people are aware of that. <laughs> don't don't yeah. talk about sorry. it. You guys, it ended six years yeah, ago. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, also, too, it started in the 90s, so if you haven't yeah. watched it, you know, we're not really giving away anything yeah. that's Fuck. new information. Me- Meadow yeah. is singing No Scrubs in the pilots. Like, don't fucking talk about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil Pogs for me. That's <laughs> I know it's not the character we're talking about, but... But Meadow's friend Hunter never liked her. Was not a fan of Hunter. Well, she's David Chase's daughter. I got that. That's what I think. I I got from the opinion, I'm like, you're just somebody's daughter. Yeah, and and she looks a lot like him, the poor thing. (laughs) The poor thing. I have... We all have, I think, different approaches to this Mm -hmm. show. Personally, me, I've I've not watched the entire series Mm -hmm. all the way through. I don't know it that well. Uh, When it came on, I was not in... I was not... I'm good. This is gonna sound shitty because every time I say this, someone's like, "Oh, you son of a bitch! You're one of those." When that show was on, when it first started, I was not really watching TV. Oh, you was, son of a oh, bitch! You're one of those. God, you think you're better than everybody? I don't watch well, especially, TV. I'm sorry, Andy. You don't like joy in your life. You won't watch a fucking. No. television I love you say he doesn't watch TV, but he's reading his fucking comic books <laughs> instead. Yeah. Like he's better than anybody. Well, at that time, I was trying to convince myself I was smart, so I was just reading a lot of poli sci textbooks and shit. And uh, how'd that work out? Getting laid. <laughs> Yeah, now you're hosting a podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. about TV. Well, the problem is now I just know too much about why the world is terrible. Yeah, and it's, so you put out free so content. Now, Great business plan. Yeah. So now I just watch TV. <laughs> went from not, but it was also kind of over the mob thing at the time. Like I had been because I because in high school I was I, I, just, I got I was really in to gangster stuff. Like I was in Tarantino, fucking Scorsese. Um, you know the Godfather. Tarantino fucks Scorsese. Tarantino fucking Scorsese. My favorite celebrity sex tape. I was just really, uh, I was really into all that stuff for a long time, and then I got kind of out of it. And then I, by the time Sopranos was on, I just I didn't give a shit anymore. And uh, see, see, I feel that Sopranos kind of relaunched the American gangster. Yeah. Thing. I think for yeah. by and large it did absolutely. In, but if you were, I guess, did. if you were sitting there cramming in all of the other American gangster stuff. Before, it was like seriously, it was like immediately before, right? Because gotcha. like, that was also a period in the time. There was a time in the like mid '90s where it was like almost every indie film that came out had something to do with gangsters or the mob. That's true. Yeah, it was like because Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs set yeah. that whole thing off. But it wasn't it wasn't the Italian organized crime kind of stuff. Like the Pulp Fictions and the Reservoir Dogs were just some dudes doing a heist. You know, yeah. like it, yeah. it wasn't that kind of family kind of thing. Well, there was yeah. always like they, I think in the at least in the Tarantino stuff there was always an outline of that. Like they were always a threat. Or, like, so there were certain characters that would represent it, but you didn't see, like, the inner workings. It wasn't, like, an examination of the Italian-American crime families. Like, even True Romance has um, Watkins' character. Right, right, right. Was, you know, the Sicilian mob boss dude. And then True Romance, or uh, Reservoir Dogs has, you know, Nice Guy Eddie and uh, and and Okay, Joe so I'm fucking wrong sort of, is what you're saying. Yeah, okay, no, I'm not saying it. you're wrong. I'm no, saying no, that they were, they were represented, but they you were. were. Yeah, you're, no, you're right. Well, and it, also in your defense, there wasn't anything like that on television before that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it... 
I you could say it defined the one hour, like the one hour drama on television that held up like cinematic values. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. was basically a one hour movie every week, and you hadn't seen anything like that on television. Yeah. And now, it, you know, HBO, Showtime. There's almost like a new genre of television that kind of follows mm. the vein of The Sopranos. Yeah. Well, and that's even spread into. Basic cable too, yeah, yeah. AMC mm-hmm. and USA, FX, all these yeah. other channels that are. You wouldn't have your Sons of Anarchy, your Justifieds, mm-hmm. your uh, even like a Breaking Bad. True, yeah, yeah. yeah Breaking. Oh, did you see um, Brian Cranston's tweet? Brian Cranston tweeted um, when James Gandolfini died. He tweeted, uh, you know, something like "Much respect, you yeah. know, the passing of a great American actor. Uh, I owe him my career." Without Tony Soprano, there is no Walter White. Like he straight up said. That I, I think there's the think Wire. Yeah. So, yeah. The oh, yeah. Well, they were. Well, no, the Wire was later. It was a couple of years. But yeah, Sopranos. Sort. I mean, before the Sopranos, really the only original programming on HBO comedy special was. Well, there was. Um, there were three series. There was um, Hitchhiker oh. was their first one. And then Tales from the Crypt and Dream On. Dream On. (laughs) Here's a guy who watches TV and fucks chicks, you guys. Yeah. Dream On is such like I want. I want some. At some point, I want a guest, someone I asked to be on the show to pick Brian Ben Ben's character from Dream On. That would be amazing to me. Yeah, I I don't know if it's I can't I don't remember if that show is good or not because I watched it at like when I was like twelve and thirteen and just the fact that they were talking about sex was just so like this is the greatest show (laughs) of all time. Now I I don't know if it has clips from like Nick at Night shows cut into it. You're like I know that show and I want to find out about vaginas. Let's talk about it. And my favorite memory of that was Ron Reagan Jr. was on as a guest once, (laughs) and Brian Benbin says, "Oh, say hey to your folks for me," and they show a clip. Of like Nancy and Ron from some old western, like waving, like it was just like a great little like comedy clip thing, and and then boobs happened after. So everybody brought oh, tons of boobs yeah. on that show. Yeah. Oh, I should Larry Sanders show was another show. Yeah. that was before. Oh, you're right. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO. But it was all. I mean, it was mostly comedy or anthology or horror stuff. And then you've got something out of nowhere, The Sopranos, that completely revolution. And just in television, the moral ambiguity. The guy yeah. who is bad, but also kind of good. Yeah. I, I feel like Sopranos is kind of one of the early shows where before television shows were just very, okay, this is the protagonist, these are the bad guys, these are the good guys. There wasn't anything that kind of questioned the moral ambiguity. Like, you see that in The Wire and even Breaking Bad, the same kind of idea, yeah. where it's like, this person is doing really bad things, but you're kind of behind them, but then... They remind you, like, no, wait, this person is a sociopath. Look at what they did. But then you still kind of relate to him. It's, it, no, absolutely. The thing about Tony is, like, he he's very, like, it's interesting that, the, like, Brian Cranston treated that thing. Because, like, Tony Soprano is very, like, TV charming. Like, you're mm-hmm. never going to, like, like, it annoyed me when people who, like, would love the Sopranos and watch Breaking Bad be like, I don't like Walter anymore. He's just a big asshole now. And I'm like, and, like Tony Soprano is a bad Oh, Earth. He's a fucking he's a crook. He's a he's a murderer. But he's fucking but he's fucking cute, and he says fun things, and you won't. He likes animals. Yeah. He likes animals. Yeah. There was like a scene where they talk about the scene of someone saving a cat. Like literally, if Brian Cranston saved a cat. People would be like, you know, he really turned around in the sixth season. <laughs> sort of like you know, in the fourth season when they have all that conflict with Ralph, and like Ralph is just this hateable little weasel. But, but he's, he's the worst. He's not a worse person than Tony. He's no, not. Who's, is that was that that's the uh, Joey? No, 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 that's Joe Pantoliano, yeah. who's oh, just yeah, been like yeah. what, the guy who kills the stripper, which is just I, I'm a bad person because I think that's one of the funniest. Scenes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had Brace Tracy after you, so he can be a cock sucking slob. It's like I'm not. Tracy, a she was a hua. B she hit me. <laughs> Tracy, she fell. <laughs> that was the that was the first time I'd ever been exposed to whore being hua in my life. Like, Back up. Yeah, that was uh, it's multisyllabic at that point. You know, it's it's there's so many great things about The Sopranos that I I I look at it like a bad relationship I had. Mm-hmm. Like I just remember the good parts because as a series I was very frustrated by that show. That was the thing is when I when I asked you to be on the show, you were like, I don't know if you want me. I hate that show. <laughs> I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I hated the way the show went. Yeah, it was after the mom died that kind of went. I don't know. Uh, and then this happens, and then they didn't know what to do, uh-huh. and they would start these really great storylines. One of my favorite ones is when. Um, they kind of tangle with the Russian mafia yeah, a yeah. bit, and they go and they try and take this guy out into the uh, woods to kill him, and all of the like 
Italian guys can't keep can't keep up with them. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Okay, I've seen that episode. And yeah. the guy gets away, and then you never hear. What <laughs> yeah. happens, and then that's it. And then four more seasons of people getting pool, pool cues up their asses. But, like <laughs> you don't know what happens to that. But guy. that's what I mean when I say it took me a long time to really appreciate that show. Is really like nihilistic and bleak. Like what? So I seen the never like that always. The, like oh, when I first saw it, I was like, this sucks. I hate this. It's when Melfi says, I can't help you. You mm-hmm. need to leave. And all of a sudden, it's like, really? You're just going to abandon him? And I'm like, it's that is the thing to say. Because if, like, and this is why kind of, like, psychiatrists just suck. Because what she needs, <laughs> to, what she needs to say to him is, hey, oh, he comes in every day, oh, I have all these problems. Hey, li- listen, you, you fat fucking criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you stopped fucking killing people and robbing them, you wouldn't feel like a piece of garbage, but you're never gonna do that, so get the fuck out of my office and jam another piece of meat in your face. Like, that will never happen, and that can't happen. So his dumb life is just gonna sort of daughter about. So I liked, I mean, I liked that it cut to black, and it's like he goes and talks, like he, like he had broken off ties with Melfi, but he goes back to her to talk about it. But if you really watch the whole thing, the only reason he didn't, like, they had that kind of moment, the only reason they didn't fuck there is because, like, Phil Leotardo and the other guys, like, came in and, like, oh, we have a meeting. He's like, oh, fucking get out of here. And, like, Stop blowing me now. And then he goes and talks to Melfi, and then he like drives her back to go get some blow and like yeah. get in the accident. It's like you were gonna fuck her. You didn't change anything. You didn't. You happened to get stopped by chance, and you went and been like, ah, I almost did it. I don't know what to do. And then Melfi says, How about just not fucking her? And but you know he was gonna do it. That's like to me like most people's problems in life are really like simple. It's like just how about just not. But it's amazing this. when people can't see yeah. that. It's like, what if you just didn't fuck her? Oh, that's yeah. an option? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't even enter the mind. Like, you know? exactly. Imagine if, like, seriously, in the arc of this show, imagine if Tony Soprano really stopped being a mob boss and, like, moved to Nebraska to sell patio furniture. Well, like, they'd kill imagine it. it if wouldn't that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Because everybody who tried, anybody who tried to leave the mafia, mm-hmm. immediately dead. You're yeah. like, okay, well, you're going to. Die. I also think it's hilarious how he just he just ruins people's lives around him. Like he can't, you can't help but not have your life just turn to shit if you're associated with. Well, this that's kind of how Walter White is too. I yeah. Mean, like, that's mm-hmm. again, like it's not so much of that is. Crit. But Walter White isn't cute, so people yeah, are like I don't like I don't like Walter. I'm like, oh, Tony's so complex. Like, no, they're just the same. They're the same Walter. person. Yeah, yeah. But it's just that Tony Soprano has a better smile. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Gregarious. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite more. Tony. You, you got to love a fat guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Fat, fat guys. Fat guy just sitting there breathing heavy, eating yeah. meat. Sounds like yeah. a show. Let's yeah. watch it. Meanwhile, cancer patient. Oh my god, that's <laughs> terrifying. Get him out of here. One of my favorite Tony moments in the whole show, and it, I forget which season it is. Joe, maybe you'll remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's when the other kind of socialites take an interest in him because oh. he's the mom the boss. mayonnaise is up the street. <laughs> yeah. But he tells the story about like, oh, did you know who was the the famous Scotty? Scotty. Oh yeah. And he's like, oh, he had this ice cream truck, and at one time rang the bell all up and down my street. <laughs> like they told him the most boring John Gotti story <laughs> in the world because he fucking hated those people for liking him yeah. for being a mob dude. Yeah. And they lost it. I thought that was just, a really just these boring dentists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and also with uh, Tony, and I think that is it kind of similar in, in real life. Like you're introduced to Tony, he's like running down a guy in an industrial park for money and like beating the crap out of him. Like he's kind of comes in as a bad guy. So anything you see, so he's like already a zero. He's a bad guy. He's yeah. so anything yeah. good he does instinctively makes you like him. Where Walter's transition is completely the opposite. He starts out as this good yeah, normal true. guy, and then you know kind of reverts. And I think Walter is scarier to people and. They're, yeah. they're kind of like, oh, I can never be a mob boss. But Walter White, it, it, you like follow this and path, yeah. and you could, yeah. you know, like you couldn't see yourself murdering someone, but then you can, you follow his trail, and like his his like moral descent is so much more slippery and so much more realistic yeah. that I think that's why it turns people off. It's yeah. like you know, Crazy Eight is you know locked to a chain in your basement, like you you would have to kill him. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's okay, so. Again, I'm, I was not necessarily a fan of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Here's where the series lost me. Yeah. Is the product placement shit drove me up oh, the God. goddamn yeah. wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's a couple of scenes that there's there's really... Like, if you want to... I get it. Uh, you, these people are... And that's now a successful show. you got to find a way to monetize this thing. Mm-hmm. I get it. you got to pay these people $2 million an episode or whatever mm-hmm. they're getting. But then you have characters like the old guy, he's going off to jail, and he just looks out the jail, uh, or looks out the, the bus window one last time at Freedom, yeah. at a Home Depot yeah. for like 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. 
Or when Bobby Baklava decides, oh, I'm going to build a train for my kid, and it's a Nestle Quick train yeah. that just fills up the whole frame. Yeah. Like, that shit drove me crazy. I think one of the biggest tragedies of that whole show is that Bobby ends up with fucking Janice. Oh, yeah. I God, I hate Janice. Just... <laughs> You know, you know that moment where she, where like, you know, where she and Ralph are fucking, and she's like jamming the dildo up his ass. Yeah, and like yeah. she literally, like Ralph literally, like gets the call and leaves. He, literally, she literally takes the dildo out of his ass and just jams it. Oh, the oh. I, I forgot about hate her. She's awful. Uh, well, I'm glad I brought this. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this. Well, I guess. I guess. Uh, I know what you mean. The product placement mm-hmm. is kind of annoying, but I think if I was David Chase, I, my you know my excuse would be like, well, we want to show Home Depot and we want to show like train like Nestle yeah, Quick because yeah. we want to give it some reality of like these people are living this suburban life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably what his excuse would yeah. be. But yeah, I agree. It is yeah, that is also, a giant fat. Chip. But also, yeah, he's got to think funny. of like I mean. With the Home Depot, like, how many times have they shopped there for, mm-hmm. you know, quick-drying well, cement or... Yeah. Or, or hatchets. Don't justify this bullshit. <laughs> <point. laughs> <laughs> like, a yeah. Home Depot would be a special place for someone like that. Well, he did love those bird feeders. And yeah. He loved building yeah. stuff or duck food. Yeah. Tony loved duck food. That was weird. That was one of the more humanizing things when he had that connection with the ducks. Yeah. And when they flew away, it hurt his little oh, yeah. heart, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, you can go stab a dude to death or run a guy's head over or whatever you do to kill a guy, and you feel nothing, but ducks aren't in your pool, and you're like, ducks. You know, like you're sad, you know? Well, it's the same thing. I mean, like the the college episode where he mm-hmm. takes Meadow to look at colleges. Like, yeah, you, you see uh, all this human connection yeah. stuff going on. With him and Meadow. Oh, that's when she asked him, "Are you in the mob?" Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when they have that whole thing, and he and he's like remembering when he found out his dad was in the mob, and then and then, then he fucking killed somebody yeah. while they're on the trip, like. And then they just go to like a college orientation, like make sure your SAT. <laughs> yeah. Hey, picked up a student newspaper. He's, that's what he's still got this man's death rattle ringing in his ears. <laughs> One of the funnier things I think of. The real life and and the show kind of crossing over mm-hmm. is how AJ Anthony Jr. People started respecting him because his dad was Tony Soprano, yeah. and then he started acting like that in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, remember he like mugged some dudes in uh, in Central Ugh. Park because he was like, "Ah, I'm a tough guy," and it's like, "No, you're not." Like, Ugh. everybody respected Tony so much that it got transferred over to the kid, and then mm-hmm. that kid kind of seemed like he became a shithead. He's my favorite character on the show, AJ. Yeah, really, because he's. Because he I, wears uh, Pantera shirts. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's dime bag. Yeah. Dime bag. Um, no, because he's such a piece of shit. He's such, and he has no hope. Like then, enti- I mean, from I've not seen again. I've not seen the entire series, but I've seen. Oh, you I've should, seen. Well, I've seen big stretches of it, um, and I, I, I couldn't even name all the uh, which seasons I've seen. <laughs> but I've seen the entire first season all the way through. And my, one of my favorite episodes is the episode where he gets drunk uh, and goes to gym class. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and then throws, throws up. up. I, I I I love. I I don't know what it is, but anytime anything, movie, TV show, book, comic book, whatever, like shows a kid like a child getting drunk for the first time, <laughs> I just I'm automatically that's my You're favorite in. thing that happens, and the, I don't know why that is. I can have a few guesses, Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. God, this the scene the scene where he AJ tries to kill himself is absolutely that, that one too. That I, is absolutely I, yeah. the saddest thing I've ever seen. I've yeah. like I've never cried harder watching yeah. that movie. That's, that's and, like I don't, and it's not even like it's not like I'm not even like sad for AJ because really fuck AJ. Like, really, <laughs> he's so he is so hopeless. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. He has no shot. Yeah. At a, at a normal life. Well, the episode ever. the episode before there's a scene in uh, Tony's and Melfi's office, and he talks about how his depression is his gift to his kid, and about how just like how like he finally has this moment yeah. where he re- basically he's like I'm a piece of shit yeah. and I have this fucking awful depression sickness and I'm a crook and this is what I've given down. And I've just, like he said, he's infected his kid's soul. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that was also with the panic attacks. Yeah. AJ started that too. fainting yeah. mm-hmm. like, yeah. under stress and stuff like right. that. Right, but, like, but, but AJ had broken up with Blanca already. And this was when he was like moping around the house, like talking suicide. Oh, Blanca was the lady who, who 
Yeah, the Dominican girl yeah, 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 for a while. Yeah, yeah. And like this was like when Meadow came in, like AJ's saying all these depressing things, blah, 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 blah. and like there's this moment where like where Tony pulls him out of the pool where Tony's just weeping and he has this look on his face like this is my fault. Yeah. It, yeah. And it is his fucking fault. Absolutely. And like even like that whole shit, like and then after that happens, like AJ wants to join the army, which probably would have been like a good thing for the kid, like your opinions on the armed forces notwithstanding, because he's just a directionless shithead. Right. But yeah. then he just pulls he him back in. That. And even like Meadow, she's like she was gonna be a her whole thing with like becoming yeah. a doctor or yeah. a lawyer is like she's going to be a fucking mob lawyer now and right. just get these guys off and have her fucking she's gonna be she's gonna be a smart Carmela. She's just gonna be another dumb Italian woman who's rich. <laughs> I mean, she, I mean, she at least has the benefit of being educated and actually doing something. But she's just going to be another fucking just just enabler to these. And more than things. anything else, they're just going to love her cooking. Like, yeah, that's, right. it's going to be it for yeah. her. And she's yeah. going to attract a lot of priests and Italian immigrants who are going to be upset. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the, the whole like whole thing about the ducks was like in the episode is like I'm you're I'm afraid of losing my family, and he did. He yeah. absolutely did. He fucked them all up. He might be dead. He might not be. But the all end of the thing is he ruined everything. <laughs> he really did. And that's not well, a like, satisfying even, like, his, ending. But... Even his cousin, uh, Steve Buscemi, like yeah. he he basically he does essentially everything to kind of try and get him back in. And I just finished watching the episode where. Like Steve Buscemi. Well, first off, that that was like one of the few instances of lazy writing mm-hmm. when Steve Buscemi's just walking down the street and some car drives by and throws twelve grand out the window. Money. <laughs> I was like, his girlfriend goes, "Is it a fetus?" <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was the one of the weirdest scenes in the show? Yeah. Like the CGI car just comes screeching through. He's like, "Oh, he was being chased by the cops. It must be guys on crank." He just finds twelve grand in yeah. a bag. And that doesn't like, happen every day. No. Okay. Well, and it's annoying because like they Some of live... you have never seen the John Cusack movie Money for Nothing. <laughs> Blank check. I was thinking <laughs> that was my <laughs> reference. Um, but it, it's like there's so many other ways this guy could stumble across twelve grand that actually fit into the show. Like, yeah. oh hey, just guard this truck for a while. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. They we work in a cash business where money falls in their mm-hmm. hands for doing bad things. But he just has it literally fall from the sky. Sean, there's only an hour. They yeah. have to get to the story. They have gotta get moving. But uh, yeah, at the the very end, like he basically he has this dream of being a massage therapist, and then. You know, he's partying and gambling and goes crazy on his boss of the two by four kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Steve Buscemi yeah. character. And then he's meeting up with Tony and basically like, okay, I one pack in, get me into this airbag stealing business. And he's like, eh, sometimes it's hard doing a business with strangers. Yeah. And, you know, sucks him back into the world while he's eating a giant pile of food. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, you, since you brought up Buscemi, and uh, one of the weirder episodes that I, I, don't, I don't get it, mm-hmm. and I usually get a lot of stuff. Yeah. Their, uh, what was it, fourth or fifth season? When, when does Junior start to have dementia? Uh, kind of like late fourth season. Okay. And but mostly sh- fifth season. And uh, spoiler alert, not really, because you should probably know this if yeah. you're listening to this mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, he shoots Tony, and Tony goes into a coma. Yeah. And then yeah. Oh, God, that episode mm-hmm. was so fucked yeah, up. Yeah, and he's like a different, he's like James Gandolfini, mm-hmm. like on a break from being... Yeah. Uh, from being Tony Soprano. From being Tony Soprano. Kevin Finnerty. <laughs> What's his name? Kevin Finnerty. Yeah, that's right. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And and there's all those, it's just such a strange, weird episode, mm-hmm. and I still don't know how I feel about it. All I, these years I later. always like that kind of stuff. It reminds me of the, uh, the episode of Six Feet Under. Did you, did you watch Six Feet Under? Uh, another show I did not care for. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that show. Do you like show. anything, Travis? I don't. I, I hate Travis everything. Hates everything. I'm not even a fan of myself. He's an aging, <laughs> he's an aging metalhead, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Music today rocks. <laughs> Music today, not loud enough. Yeah. Pick it up, kids. Exactly. <laughs> But there's an episode of Six Feet Under where, uh, if you haven't seen it, have you seen Six Feet Under? No. Uh, have you? No, no. I'm going to be talking to myself. Well, I don't get uh, John, I've, seen, I've seen all of them. Oh, okay. Look, I hate things. I still go through the whole thing. <laughs> I don't stop. It's the second season of Six Feet Under, the first episode of the second season, where um, he's where Nate's in surgery. Oh, and he and gets on the bus. No, sorry. It, it might be the first episode. Of the, it's the first episode of the third season. Sorry. Okay. Where he, he's he's in surgery. He's having surgery on his brain for the uh, for the edema or whatever it is he's got in his head, and um, uh, it's a dip- he's he's in the afterlife, and he's like he's like wandering around seeing all these different possibilities of what his life could have been, mm. 
and at his age, like he's you know one okay. the, he's married to Brenda, and they have a she's pregnant, right. but they're like a white trash couple. I never felt bad for him because he was really tall and good looking. So at no point am I like, <laughs> oh, your life's so hard. And also, any show where Lily Tomlin, no, Lily Tom, Lily what, Taylor, Lily Taylor becomes your major love interest, I'm out. I'm done. I can't do it. Come <laughs> on, do it. She was so great though because it was like that entire season they were married. It's just like this is the worst, worst thing idea yeah. ever. Why did they get married? And you, but th- that's what I love about it. And that, to me, I think that's why people like, gravitate to The Sopranos so much. Is you see people making these decisions that you know people in your life who have made, and you like you're on the outside being like you just fucked your life up. <laughs> like you yeah. are done right now. It's, do you remember that episode where um, he, where uh, Artie, it buy, he, he wants to invest in that fucking French vodka or whatever it is? And he yeah. Oh yeah, the uh, the restaurant owner. Guy. That's yeah. really that's really the one is like a big that's a big like kind of who this guy is moment to me because like 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 Artie doesn't even like he wants to borrow the money to like look like a big shot but like Tony basically bullies him. He comes over to his house like what did you get? Like he just is it's this like the guy that Tony who's Tony Tony burned his restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. they never showed that, right? It was just always it's implied. implied. And yeah. then the yeah. mom told him that he burned the restaurant down. Yeah, don't yeah. blame him for starting yeah. the fire. <laughs> oh, I should shut my mouth wide. Oh, I hate her. <laughs> she was one of the greats. She yeah. was. The character. And then Artie's wife told Carmilla, uh, Carmilla later, yeah. she was like, oh, I had sex with Tony yeah. like, back in high school. Went for me. But if you like it, that's fine. for me. <laughs> I don't like listening to a man's soft palate slowly kill him while he's punched on top of me. The character. The yeah. character. You would fuck James Gandolfini, though. Absolutely. He's a like gorgeous man. <laughs> Absolutely. How about now? Well, that's, well, that's just sad. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Man. I went, I went, I went Ooh. over the line. Ooh, I apologize. I love the Kevin Finity episode, though, because I love, I love that kind of stuff. That that, kind yeah, of, it's, you just, can try it's to bizarre. Yeah. Super weirdness into a regular... My uh, my favorite moment of that episode is Polly Walnuts is talking to him in, in the uh, in the hospital and and the Kevin does his name the the, the character he's Kevin playing, Trinity, yeah. yeah he's in the hotel banging on the wall yeah telling, <laughs> shut the fuck the, up. the doc says I gotta wear because he gets hit in the balls really hard yeah the doc says I gotta wear a jock to keep my groin elevated <laughs> that's another thing like Polly is pro- like again how we just we forgive people if they're kind of cute and funny on TV Polly is probably She's one of the worst such people a piece remember that of one shit. the remember old that? lady yeah oh god <laughs> so funny he literally robs an old lady and smothers her with a pillow for <laughs> yeah. me and then there's a moment that again I'm a piece of shit this is my ticket to hell for laughing at this he has the pillow over this old lady's face this innocent old lady and as he puts the pillow over her face you hear her go oh no <laughs> it's like Mr. Bill it is <laughs> which is making Mr. Hands this is going to sound... Uh, okay, who's the gay character? Uh, Vito. Vito. Mm-hmm. He's, again, he's one of my favorites. Um, I, I don't know what happens to him, because I didn't watch the, the end of that arc. Well, well, I know. What do you think? They accepted well, his yeah, yeah, they all, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they, all, they all learn a little something. He moves to Vermont, opens a Johnny Cake restaurant yeah. with his mm-hmm. buddy. Yep. <laughs> no, no, that's serious. That really happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He fucks a hunky fireman and eats pancakes. Yeah, I saw that Why would you move back? Why would Where he goes to Vermont, and he sees, like, oh, this is a gay-friendly town. I can be okay here. And I remember thinking, like... I, I want this to be hit for him. I want this to work out. But yeah. knowing in the back yeah. of my head, like if they're still showing him, mm, something bad is going to happen. The re- and the funny, the thing that makes him want to go back is it shows him like, like I can get you some job as a handyman, and he's literally like just like, like just like doing like work like a person. And he looks at like, oh, it's got to be noon by now. And he looks at his watch, and it's, it's like, quarter to ten. Yeah. Fuck me! <laughs> like that's literally what drove him back to his life of all right. this. Is he didn't want to work like a person, <laughs> but he, but. Uh, Polly's response mm-hmm. to finding out about Vito. Yeah. To me too. You and you you talk about this. I think I've been stabbed in the heart. <laughs> That's when I was like, oh, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Never mind all of the horrible things he's done mm-hmm. in his life. When he's a homophobe, that's when I'm like, ah, fuck this dude. Yeah, he's a but, piece of shit. Yeah, but I'm gay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> like that, that, this, this again. This is like when people are offended by stuff. Like literally, I will watch Ralph murder that stripper and think it's hilarious. <laughs> but then, but then when they find out about Vito, like I want to drag him behind my truck. I'm like, well, I don't think <laughs> this, this is insensitive. I, I, I can't I, watch I, this. Like Entertainment, my yeah. ass. And then this this pregnant twenty year old just clunk, and I'm going, ah, that's what you get for being. <laughs> What did? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, 
what made her almost co- it it was hard not to laugh at her. Yeah. A because it was so tragically hilarious, and she had adult braces. So. Yeah. And she was, was just the like, one with braces, you guys. Yeah. But it's again, and then but you see, and um, you know, back to the thing. Tony is like trying to work through it and like mm-hmm. process his feelings about yep. sexuality. And that's an interesting thing. And that's again goes back to why Tony is such an interesting character. Because all the other characters, I'm sure that if you could see like if you they would spend more time with their lives, you would maybe see some more gray area. But Tony's like this guy who's a piece of shit. He's mm-hmm. done awful things, but you see him genuinely struggling with it and trying to like adapt to the changing world around you him. You can tell he personally doesn't care, but like mm-hmm. he just it fucking but he was raised a certain way. <laughs> well, it's no well, got... mostly it's like New York who just wanted him gone so bad, yeah. and he just gave in at the end of the day. But don't you feel? By the last episode, he had started to ap- at least appreciate his family. Like, wasn't that kind of the thing? Like, oh, these oh just don't, don't stop believing his plan on the <laughs> fucking show. Well, yeah. just automatically yeah, right yeah, there. But, but, like, but, yeah. but at the end of the first season, they have like that whole moment in uh, uh, Vesuvio with like, I want to remember the moments like this and blah, 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 blah. And then what happens for six years? Just just carnage. It's <laughs> yeah, just having so, no. sex with one-legged uh, Plus, it also kind of implies like there's like... Because he has that meeting with his lawyer about how, like, they think Carlo flipped and, like, his lawyer's like, I would be prepared to be indicted. And then there's that weird scene where, like, Meadow is, like, running in and I think it's, like, something got to do with, like, you know, like, she's, whenever, like, the cops pop in, she's always running in, like, you, do you have a warrant, blah, 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 blah. So I think it kind of implied either he got shot or he got pinched or whatever. And it kind of just doesn't matter because he just, he's just done. (laughs) No matter what happens. Well, and then that's the other thing, like, that they, the underlying sympathy. You see his mom and you, and the scenes with his dad, like, the flashbacks, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my god, what do you expect otherwise? So that, like, this guy... I mean, not to make excuses for him. I mean, he sh- mm. at some point, I guess you should learn or have some of your... But he's just such a product of his environment. Mm, and it's, yeah. it's that whole thing of, like, what corrupts people? Is it society or is the person corrupted to begin with? And I think he's... You know, David Chase is kind of making an argument that Tony probably has a soul somewhere, but is just a, a product of his environment. And, yeah. uh, you know, I he could help a, himself. I thought it was a lack of pool ducks. Such a hard person. Yeah, he, just, he just needed some duckies. Fucking Matthew Bevilacqua would not killed and all his horribleness. <laughs> there are moments, too, where you think, like, oh, well, he's the one that's going to change. You know, because mm-hmm. you can see, like, generational change. Yeah. And, and and as much as he's a product of his environment, you can see him again with the with the, with the veto thing. With um, I mean, the fact that he's in therapy to begin with, mm-hmm. yeah, you can see him attempting to, to to confront these things and struggle with them. But then too, at the end of the day, like you're like, oh well, AJ's fucked, mm-hmm. Meadows fucked. Yeah, <laughs> even his kids are going to just be horrible. But and then you have to understand, like maybe that's the argument is that mm-hmm. like all change is super gradual and super or, glacial and or all all people are horrible. I mean, <laughs> it's really, it's just, Many We're all terrible are. things that yeah. just exist. And like yeah. any change that we have is super incremental mm-hmm. and really insignificant. And it doesn't matter because we're all going to get shot in the head. While we're all going to be in a fucking box or <laughs> ashes or whatever the fuck you want to have done. So, eh, what's the matter? No, boy, I was having fun till now, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lighthearted discussion. Yeah. Till well, I like to, you guys were talking earlier about the gray, the, the, the moral ambiguity of it. And then like the things were... Um, the, all the loose ends that you would see, like, and you were talking, you brought up lazy writing. Maybe too. This was one again. This is one of the first shows I think that really dealt with these kinds of issues mm-hmm. in the manner that, in like, in such a serial, uh, in such an episodic fashion, and with such attention to detail. That of course, like, sometimes there's going to be some things that slip through the crack, and, like The Wire and Breaking mm-hmm. Bad and shows like that. Maybe have tightened it up a little yeah. bit. But this was sort of like the prototype. This is the this is what sort of paved the way for it. So I'm willing, to, I think, to forgive certain things with this show, as opposed to and, and the, you're, again, you're talking to a guy who, like, when it first came on, I was like, ah, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> I don't care, and I still haven't. Hey, cared I got enough. your TV right here. I still yeah, haven't cared enough yeah. to watch the entire series all the way through. But if I come downstairs mm-hmm. in our apartment and Joe's watching it, I'll sit down and watch yeah. two or three episodes with him. Well, the the thing that uh, one of the another moment that I remember really liking is. Uh, you know, usually when you watch a cops and robbers show, 
the cops hate the robbers, the robbers mm-hmm. hate the cops. But you got to that one point where the FBI guy and Tony were they were buddies. They'd run into yeah, each yeah, other yeah. And, yeah. and bro out, you know? Like well, they were, well, especially they with the 9-11 for the wire, yeah. Yeah. too. There's stuff mm-hmm. in the wire where... Well, like, the wire is... There's a lot is, of that. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. I'm trying to restrain the amount of wire shit I want to throw at you. It's sort of like, what would the cat and the mouse do without each other, you know? Yeah. Well, it's also like that Looney Tunes car, you know, it's like when they clock in, they got to hate each other. When they're clocked off, hey, what's up, buddy? You know? This is the part where Christopher uh, sees uh, uh, Agent Harris and he's like, you know, you guys, you keep coming back here to check in, but I think you miss us. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher is um, the Michael Imperioni guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fucking the 1800 tequila spokesman. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's like asking, so Sam's like the weird redheaded shark. Right? <laughs> 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 fucking homework cells. <laughs> Peter Parker, yeah. he? he's the one with the he's, American flag and the shield. Spider guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> That, now, that character, to mm-hmm. me, is one of those things where it's like, by the time he died, mm-hmm. I was like, you should have killed this motherfucker, yeah. like, forever ago. Mm-hmm. And that speaks, I think, to Tony's idea of family loyalty as well. Right, well, that was his whole plan, was that, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to be different because I'm going to just eventually groom myself to only work through a family member, mm-hmm. and that was kind of going to be a safety plan. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was like the mob son, and then... AJ, he wanted to be a guy who, you know, this wasn't for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of separate. And there was even a scene where, uh, uh, what was his, his old partner's son, uh, he was trying to keep him out of the mob, mm-hmm. too. And, and Christopher's like, what? You know, this is good enough for me, but not good enough for him. Like, he's better than this. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, Tony. Jackie Aprile. Yeah, Jackie Aprile. <laughs> yeah, like, he made this oh, decision yeah. that. Christopher, this life was for him, but not for some of the other people he right. mentored. And he did try and keep them out of it well too. the only other thing Christopher could have done is be a hatchet with that face like, yeah. you could just <laughs> chop wood with him he was uh, sharp angle. who was the sorry I'm good well there's 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 a moment to, well like and again it's in the, the the Artie episode where he gets indebted to him there's, he has that speech he wants to work only deal through Christopher and he's acting like I'm giving him this great honor he's like my son I'm the boss but like okay what you're really doing is making sure Christopher gets arrested instead of you yeah setting that's up the guy. awful thing you're doing like and that's Kinda, who was the character he beat the shit out of for no reason? Because oh, the big was, muscle dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right after he came out of the hospital, yeah. and he and he wanted to oh, yeah, prove his after the coma, his, yeah. his strength. They were, they were giving him sass mouth. Yeah, no, he was like, well, "You shouldn't the freeze the door so hard all the time." What I tell you about that? Yeah. And then he just goes and beats the guy. That up. guy's like his punching bag. Yeah. Stuff. and I mean, then he goes to the bathroom and pukes because <laughs> he's over exhausted himself. Cares. Yeah. Because <laughs> he probably just fucking yeah, shot out of Veal Park. That scene happened. He's on painkillers. <laughs> Ton of pot. Um, so we're kind of coming down to. I want to. I want to. I want to throw out some questions okay. for uh, food for thought here. Not really. But I, I don't know why I said that. I just want to get Veal Park for thought. Yeah. Huh? Gobble ghoul for the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Watching this show when you first encountered the character of Tony Soprano. Oh, uh, like how old were you? I Travis? was. Let's see. I, I must have been twenty. I must have okay. been about twenty or so. And Did you watch it when it first? Yeah, I watched like, it when it was on. on. Yeah, okay. and it became a thing. Even even though uh, it's this thing. Like I, looking back on it, I have all these great memories of watching it. But it was kind of. I treated it the same way I kind of treated Lost. I was like, I put this much oh, fucking yeah. time into it. Yeah. I'm gonna watch all of it. And the first few seasons I really loved. I had parties. I got together with friends and we had food and we did made it a whole mm-hmm. Sunday night ritual oh, wow. kind of thing. And uh, and I even owned all the DVDs at one point as they came out on each season. But I haven't gone back and visited them since the show ended. But it was it was it was groundbreaking television and it was appointment television and it certainly made like we were saying earlier it made HBO the place that it is now you oh, know? like it, it, without that it's a cultural phenom it's a uh, uh, something I I'm glad existed but I ultimately I, I guess I had higher hopes for it. you know it's like it's like it's, I guess it's got to be what's like when yeah. you have a parent you know when you, when you have a kid yeah. you're like oh, I was really hoping you'd grow up better than this you know but you know I still enjoyed it Sean, where were you? How old were you? What's yeah, I think it was probably up? probably about the same age. It started in college. I think I missed the first few seasons 
Like, I don't think I had HBO, and then I got HBO in college or something, and then I caught up afterwards. But, um, yeah, no, I just started going through recently, and it was bizarre that James Gandolfini passed away, because I was literally on the episode uh, that Joe was talking about, where he could have hooked up with, um, what's uh, what's her name? Adriana. Adriana. And uh, I, I just remember doing coke, and I'm like, wow, that's a heavy set guy doing coke. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. It's not good for his heart. He's no. going to have a heart attack. No, he's going to Farley. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it started like early college, and then kind of... Um, yeah, caught up with the DVDs, but I, I'll vividly remember where I was, like, in my house, when that final scene goes to black, and I I just remember standing up and just being like, fuck DirecTV, what the fuck is going on? Like, just said that for 20, like, that, uh, that, when that black, yeah, it was like 10 seconds, but it was like the 10 longest seconds, I'm like, getting up with the DVR settings, and then the music comes on, I'm like, that motherfucker, and this was like before... I think even like I mean definitely before Twitter was popular, even Facebook I don't think was as I, popular. So I could only imagine what that would be like. I remember now. the outrage of that. I was working I was working for Stars when that went on. It was my last year in, when I was living in Denver, right before I moved here. And I, it's all anybody talked about right. the next day. It was mm-hmm. all the only thing anyone talked about. We went to lunch, and it was like a three-hour lunch because yeah. people just wouldn't shut up about like their opinions. <laughs> Joe, where were you at? Uh, I was Sorry. about like 22, 23. I did not catch it on TV, and I was living in Montana, and I was like pre- out like really with all the excitement going on in Montana you you had time to watch the crime (laughs) (laughs) exactly but yeah I was like uh like not out of the closet yet so really like depressed and miserable so I kind of like latched on to Tony kind of from that angle oh so he even like you related to him yeah yeah I mean now I'm sucking cock and everything's fine Time. <laughs> if we've learned nothing, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Tony Soprano, you will relate to him if you're in the closet. Yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> what, uh, so, what do you think uh, the world could learn from Tony Soprano? What do you think he has to say to teach the world? <laughs> what did he teach you? What did he teach? Are there me? any lessons you learned? Yeah, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Is what he don't taught stop me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was, what was uh, the last song? Don't yeah. stop believing by Jeremy. Right? Stop. Yeah, that is in there at some point. Thinking yeah. about the Journey song was awful. <laughs> I guess the thing I learned from Tony is, you know, you're not going to change. Be who you are, mm-hmm. and don't fucking don't try to change. There's no point. Just be who you are. Shot again. Um, don't take shit from anyone. <laughs> if, if you got to, if you got to prove your manhood, mm. beat the shit out of somebody. I'm the biggest guy there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there is something to. I think I guess one of his more admirable qualities is his appreciation of family, and I think uh, you know for what like for having a code of ethics and sticking to it. I think obviously his code of ethics is fucked up, but I think there is something to the idea of like if you have this moral system and you stick to it, it seems like he lost his way and just people lost their way in the show when they kind of broke their own code. So mm-hmm. I think if you are a person who's morally right and have a code of ethics and you stick to it, you know, you'll be all right. All right. How about uh, the, the, the big... <laughs> you learn to suck cocks. That's what <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What if the ducks were cocks? Yeah. Then it all comes together. <laughs> They'll flow away. Don't stand in my pool. <laughs> um, I think, like, the big thing to take about... I take it it's kind of like Travis was saying, is, like, people can change, but they... Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't expect much. Yeah. Mm. How about and you guys all think he died? Is that I, what that's what I think happened. Yeah. I mean, because if you're going to be assassinated or whatever mm. happened to him, you're not gonna. They're gonna be smart enough to finally get you, and nobody else will be able to get. You're not gonna see it coming. You're gonna be looking out at something else and go to black. You know, that's 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 in in. I was as angry as Sean was for a long time, and then I kind of was like. That's a pretty kick-ass way to end a show, where all of these years later, people still have strong opinions about it, and people still yeah. talk about it. It's memorable. You know, other than the Tommy Westfall ending of St. Elsewhere, I can't think of something <laughs> that well, is... The, the Seinfeld that. ending, I feel, was for a long time very controversial, and I think mm-hmm. I'm one of six people on the planet who thought it was perfect, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I thought I thought it was... I mean, I... I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I understand, like, what he was going for, and I think, I, I guess maybe he probably died, but to me... <laughs> <laughs> maybe he probably died. Well, I don't know. I, I recently heard uh, Baklava's character talking about it, and he thought he was okay, and his argument was that, like, yeah, this just kind of bullshit continues. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. came into this slice, and then you, you just jumped off, and you know, life continued, even all this crazy shit happened. So, I don't know, you can, you can make an argument both ways, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still angry at it, just because it's like I understand intellectually why that's a good ending, but the other part of me is just like, no, I want to see something happen. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's that whole thing of, like, I understand it's probably scarier to know that the monster's around than actually see the monster. Like, I understand that intellectual argument, but show me the fucking monster. Like, I want <laughs> I want a conclusion. You on that, I, I, um, I kind of look at it like he either died, he either got arrested, or he just kept living until he dies naturally or by whatever <laughs> with this ruined family. So either way, he lost. He fucking lost. Like, whatever, like... You don't see him winning. No. No. He, did, he, he lost. And another fun way to look at it is, like, you know what? Livia was right. She was right. She Like, what is she... What was her big thing was, ah, it's all a big nothing. And it was literally all a big nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally, you either died or this or that happened, but you fucked up and it didn't mean anything and nothing got solved. Yeah, I mean, he was this respected, respected, mm, yeah. feared guy mm. with tons of money and the big house and big everything... But he didn't win. I mean, there, there, there's nothing no. happy about Tony Soprano's life. This is this is a way bleaker show than I think people give it credit for, in my opinion. Agreed. It's, yeah, it's very bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I mean, it's hard to think anything super bleak when it's just a whole lot of marinara sauce everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People are constantly eating really great food. It's bleak with endless breadsticks. It's exactly The model of the show is like first date at an olive garden. It's like, life's pointless, but there is pizza. So, <laughs> basically. So yin and yang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no point to this all, but pizza's pretty good. Like, yeah. I, uh, would you guys hang out with Tony Soprano? No, I'd be scared to death of that dude. Because <laughs> you say the wrong thing, like it's not like oh, yeah. he's gonna be like, "That's not funny, dude." He'll be like, "You're dead." You know, <laughs> it's over for you. You're done. I I watch him from a di- like I listened to him like I listen to my crazy neighbors when they have an argument. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Oh, sweet, they're fighting," you know. But I'm not going over there. <laughs> like that's not gonna happen. I'd hang out with him. I don't know. <laughs> Just because that's a good five minutes. If his kids were around, I'd feel safer. So that's that's, yeah, I guess yeah. It, it, like you said, it's all situational. Like mm-hmm. if I hung out in an area where I was supposed to be and I kind of knew the mafiosa rules and was just playing by it. Yeah, like uh, you know, those some of those guys had some the, the hangers on like had some fun times. Like the people that were associated with Tony that weren't considered like workers, mm-hmm. they got a lot of the side benefits. So yeah, I, I think I'd, there is. I'd go to his titty bar. Yeah, yeah. the bottom <laughs> thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd go to one of his barbecues. <laughs> his giant sausages, and just, just smoking a big cigar, just just round cylinders of things that kill you. He's just, just consuming one while preparing another. <laughs> cylinders of death. Yeah, it's going to look the same coming out. Yeah. Guys. That's what Tony Soprano taught me: avoid cylinders. They'll yeah. kill you. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a fucking pan attack and falls at you and crushes you. What are what are what are really quick before we go since we're talking about Gandolfini here what other James Gandolfini characters do you guys really really like or identify with or relate to pick one you know what I don't remember his name but the the Robert Redford movie he did The Castle yeah I really it was because I'd only really seen him as uh, Tony Soprano the only other thing I really mm-hmm. remember seeing him before that is he's like a heavy in 8mm which is a horrible film oh it's terrible um, but he's like the, the kind of like Go to rough you up, dude. And yeah. Oh, and he's also in, in Get Shorty as like a stuntman or something, yep. right? But the thing I really liked was a whole different side of him in the castle where he's this guy who doesn't have respect, who wants to be mm. more Tony Soprano and feared and revered, and he's trying so hard to run this military prison. Yeah. And uh, it's a great film that I don't think a lot of people saw, and I really liked him. I didn't see it. It's one of those ones I remember when I saw the, when the trailer, I wanted to see it, and then I just, I, I, I missed it. It's, I it's, it. it's a dorky. James Gandolfini, like, and he even talks a little different. He is a dork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, have you seen his Inside the Actors video? Like, he just looks like a pussy. I mean, yeah. like, no, he is. He's well, very like light in the loafers. Um, <laughs> he couldn't survive past fifty one. Oh, oh. oh, I apologize. That was that was awful. 
I would, uh, I take it, I'm sorry, James Gandolfini. How long do you think I'm you're going to live? Really tempting fate. If you make it to 51, you know we'll all be surprised. You know what, though? I am a pussy. <laughs> How much Del Taco are you going to eat on your way home from this podcast? <laughs> uh, Sean, what do you got for us? Uh, surviving Christmas. Overlooked. <laughs> That's why I was waiting for that in any of the obituaries. Like, surviving Christmas actor. Oh, how great would that be if they just didn't say a word about the Sopranos on any of the media? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> The love role is Tom Flacco. Uh, you know, alongside Ben Affleck. was like, oh, this yeah. is classic. Now, oh, I just, apparently he also did some TV series. <laughs> This is what he's known for. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I'm not really that familiar with any of his other stuff. Um, I don't watch a ton of movies, and um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I just know him honestly from The Sopranos. Yeah. But I feel like if he was a linebacker for the Eagles, you yeah, would, I would <laughs> I would know a lot more about. Him. <laughs> uh, big Eagles fan, by the yeah, way. Yeah, diehard Eagles fan. <laughs> I uh, have you all seen In the Loop? Yes, I was oh. going to bring that yes. up. Yes, that yes. him. I mean, that movie's not even brilliant because of him necessarily. But it's he just has, a brilliant. He brilliant has this movie. awesome scene with Malcolm Tucker where it's just like, and he, you know, Gandolfini is just this towering fucking giant fat general. And then, like, oh, if you so like good. Scottish people swearing, that's the best film ever made. <laughs> wow. He gets in this the word epic cunt gets thrown out a lot. How have I not seen this? This <laughs> sounds like right up my alley. It's I insist really, you go home and watch it. It's, it's really brilliant. It's, yeah, it's I really, really liked uh, Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, he didn't have a big role there. But I thought he was. He I, was didn't, that. I I watched the first like ten minutes of Zero Dark Thirty, right. and I was like, "That's I got enough torture." I'm our, 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 I did our, not think he would be uh, Osama bin Laden, though. That was a true <laughs> thing. Our, yeah. our roommate saw Zero Dark Thirty, and like his big reaction to it was, "Man, I don't think Catherine Bigelow has ever met a person." <laughs> <laughs> That's a harsh critique. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, I couldn't, I got five, like five minutes in and I was like, I'm done. I can't. I That's can't what being married to James Cameron will do to you. You're oh like, I'm God. done with people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done with people. Yeah, he was, uh, Alan Strickland Williams, when he's when he comes on the show, he's going to talk about Malcolm Tucker. That's going to oh, be his character. Fucker, I should have done um, that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I loved Gandolfini in, mm-hmm. in the loop. He was, he, and he was there's very this, different. There's this part where he stares, he stares Tucker down, he just looks at like, I'll hit you so hard you'll be shitting teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good catch for yeah. He's, he's he, I mean, he's he is essentially, actually, he's the same as Tony Soprano in that in that movie. Yeah, for most, for most, but he's, the charisma is played way more up, and the sociopath yeah. is played way more down. But he's like also in the employ of the United States government, yeah. and military. And so, <laughs> I I loved him in True Romance. I would I would I would. Sorry, what? Tucker calls him General Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> Played Fred Flintstone. Yeah, for how awful that have been. He was great in True Romance uh, as the hitman in True Romance, where he has that big monologue about uh, killing people and how mm. you know. And he talks about the uh, was it Starkweather? He talks about whoever the bell tower killer was in Texas. He talks about. Uh, I thought he was great in that, and so much so that I didn't recognize him years later when I saw him in uh, The Sopranos. I was just like, oh, that's the same guy. Is that when he still had the wispy ponytail thing? No, he he had a full head of hair though. Oh, okay. Mostly a full head of hair. Um, and then where the wild things are. As much as I didn't like that movie, I thought he was great. Well, his, his voice, his he voice, was early yeah. In it. yeah. But he was very. I mean, that care. I have a whole theory about that movie. That I think that that movie is like an apologist, revisionary. Uh, uh, He's George W. Bush. That fucking animal oh, in that okay. movie God. is George W. Watch that movie. It's totally about George W. Bush. <laughs> and he's... that The James Gandolfini character is like the Dick Cheney and then uh, Max is the Bush character. It's a kid who imagined shit. I don't know what you there, saw. There, they elect him to be their leader, but they don't really elect him. <laughs> and he like lies about his credentials, and then he just ruins every fucks up the whole thing. There's starts a, this giant war, and then they just are like, well, you can um, still be our leader after it. It's, uh, I'm sorry. There's a conversation like this wait. happening in our house just at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> the Superman, the Illuminati, and uh, spoil <laughs> hat time. I, I, you I guys. just want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, all good, all good characters. Uh, by James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank you guys for having. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Any of you guys besides Tiny Odd Tiny Odd Conversations podcast? Check yep. that out. T O C P O D dot com. 
There you go. Uh, SportsGamblingPodcast.com. I know there's a lot of uh, diehard sports gamblers tuned in, so <laughs> want to get the message out yeah. there. Check it out, guys. Do you ever come across any Tony Soprano-type figures in your uh, sports gambling uh, uh, world? No. I mean, the bookies I know are kind of pussies. You'll get like, a, you'll get, like angry text message. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, guy, like man, you're not being cool. <laughs> imagine Polly sending a passive aggressive. <laughs> hey, oh, uh, look at this collection of emojis. What She's super it? unhappy yeah. with me. What is this text massage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not too worried. Joe, you got anything? Uh, you can follow my Twitter at, at Joe Dosh, J O E D O S C H, and yeah, Sean Green at uh, Sean T Green, Sean T Green dot com, Sean T Green Twitter. Uh, at that guy Travis on the Twitter. That guy Travis. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Travis, Sean, and Joe, for coming by and talking awesome. about. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Andy. Thank you. Yeah, you'll all be on the show as uh, individual guests at some point. Great. In the future. Sweet. I appreciate it. Uh, rest in peace, James Gandolfini. I'm sorry about the tasteless joke I made. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I saw. I, I want to say this. I saw him in the play God of Carnage. I heard he was really great. He was in amazing that. in that. I saw it at the at the Disney Theater or whatever. The it taper, was, right? Yeah, I think that's what Mark I. Mark Taper for him, right? Isn't that what they did it? Uh, whatever it's called, it's in the it's near the Red Cat. It's like across the street from the Red Cat. It's the Walt Disney Music Theater complex. There's like three or four different auditoriums, I think. There, I believe you, but I don't, I don't remember. It sounds the name like of you're shit. making it up, but I believe. You. <laughs> anyway, I saw God of Carnage there, and he was so fucking good in that. And I can't remember the name of the character at all. I think it was Tony Soprano. I think that's what he does now. Yeah. That's what he goes but they, they, he was great in that because he was he was just a like a middle class, like suburban dad type dude. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but from like a blue collar background, it was really interesting. I, I feel like I, I missed the opportunity to talk about it, and now I'm like, look, bring it up now. <laughs> now, we'll talk about it now. No one's gonna care. But he was great, and when they made the movie, I was like, "Why the fuck did they not? They like got John C. Riley or something to play the character." And I was like, "Why? Why Gandolfini? <laughs> I love John C. Riley, but Gandolfini was so good. Anyway, got a carnage. Uh, you, if you missed it, you missed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna see another. They're not gonna weaken Bernie's him and like <laughs> yeah. bring him out and like reanimate him to do it. Oh God, and I, I apologize, James Gandolfini. Thank you for bringing light into our lives and uh, well, bleakness. Really, thanks for reminding us that people are, are shit. And we're all going to die. Um, <laughs> good times. Don't yeah. stop believing, guys. <laughs> a singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Oh, so that was a really fun conversation with uh, Travis Clark, Sean Green, and Joe Dosh about... Uh, Tony Soprano played uh, really personified and brought to life by the late great James Gandolfini. Uh, apologies for any uh, jokes that might have seemed a little insensitive. We are, you know, we're all stand-up comics, and sometimes, you know, we all deal with things differently. Um, and those are sometimes those little things come out. So hopefully we didn't offend anybody too greatly. I don't like to do disclaimers a whole lot, but uh, yeah, sometimes uh, people can be sensitive about the recently. Uh, passed on and uh, we did I mean no disrespect uh, complete respect for James Gandolfini and uh, especially the character of Tony Soprano that he really was a great uh, I mean just really one of the a revolutionary character in American television and probably in our culture as a whole Um, so that was a fun time I had a great time talking with all those guys we're going to have them all back at some point uh, to be uh, regular proper guests of the show and uh, definitely Joe Dosh will be coming on to talk about Walter White, which I think is really fitting. And, um, well, that was it for us this week. Hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as we had making it. Um, give it up for John Veron hey. and the Hot Oral Podcast Network. And I don't know why I'm expecting to hear applause right now. This is that's not how it works. Um, join us next week when we have a different guest and we talk about a different person we know here on People We Know. Uh, stay safe, guys. <laughs>